7.44. So among all the potential negative health effects of being exposed consistently to the kind of bad air pollution we saw earlier this week, but perhaps even the moderate air pollution, if it's for a long enough period that we see on a, on a regular basis here in this country and many other developed and urbanized nations as well, uh, we have to be concerned at cardiovascular diseases response. Um, Dr. Chongik Mo from the cardiology division at Iwa Women's University, Mokdong Hospital, joins us for further discussion. Thank you for taking the time. Hi. Thank you. Good morning. Um, yeah, good morning to you. It is a better morning compared with earlier this week when we were shrouded by thick pollution. Can you explain to us a little bit further, though, because research reveals when the level of fine dust is higher than 85 micrograms per cubic meter, the risk of angina increases by 25%. That is more of a sort of immediate physical response. You've then got the major concern of, of long-term exposure. Can you spell out that relationship for us, how exposure to fine dust could lead to cardiovascular disease? Yes. Um Fine particulate matter, which is I call it PM in abbreviation. When PM reach to the lung tissues, it can provoke cardiovascular disease through three different mechanisms. It it can provoke inflammation in the lung tissue, and it can systemic become systemic spillover into the systemic tissues. The second is perturbation of autonomic nervous system imbalance. So it can provoke vasoconstriction and uh, uh, plate aggregation, which can provoke hypertension. And the third system is uh, the fine particulate matter can cross into the blood circulation, thereby provoking oxidative stress and uh, inflammation and can reach to the brain and heart, thereby provoking uh, perturbation of uh, those systems. So, um, the, in one data, um, there is uh, uh, when the particulate matters above uh, more than 10 microgram per cubic meter increase, it can provoke a cardiovascular event by 24%. And it can provoke uh, death from cardiovascular cause uh, by 76%. And when we talk about a cardiovascular event or cardiovascular disease generally, what are we referring to and what symptoms are we talking about? Okay. Uh, the most important uh, uh, cardiovascular disease includes cerebrovascular disease, which is stroke. The other is coronary heart disease. It, uh, in other words, angina and pe- angina pectoris and myocardial infarction. The other is hypertension and diabetes mellitus. Most of these uh, diseases are asymptomatic in early period, but has very threatening to the life in the later stage. Uh, coronary heart disease usually provoke chest pain, which is squeezing or pressing in the substonal, in the middle of the chest. That's the typical uh, pain. But 
but the most atherosclerosis does not provoke symptom until the later stage of the disease. That's the problem to detect early phase. So as you've just spelled out, three main ways of uh, harming us effectively through the lungs, inflammation of the respiratory tissues, uh, affecting hypertension, as well as getting through those tiny particles into our blood supply and causing havoc that way. Uh, so those who already have health conditions, it's particularly worrying as far as re- the reports go. Can you spell out for us how, for example, people with high blood pressure are affected? Okay. Um, the high, high blood pressure blood pressure can be... Uh, can result from the autonomic nervous system imbalance, which is an increase in the sympathetic nervous system and also uh, oxidative stress and inflammation can provoke endocellular dysfunction, which can constrict the vessels. So those are the important mechanisms for the high, uh, provocation of the hypertension and atherosclerosis. And especially... Um, uh, American Heart Association uh, state, statement suggests that uh, susceptible population includes elderly, diabetes, pre-existing coronary artery disease, chronic lung disease, or low socioeconomic status is a susceptible uh, population. I mean, the susceptibility refers to a heightened risk for cardiovascular event to occur compared with the general population at the same concentration of particulate matter. And when you talk about an elevated risk, with the number of people in this country affected, it's those big data type stats that we start seeing a significant rise and it becomes a macro issue for the country. What about the impact on someone who's suffering from asthma, for example, or other pulmonary diseases? How serious is a spike in air pollution for them? Um, yes. Uh, th- those uh, asthma and chronic obstructive lung disease has a pathology of the inflammation. Uh, because th- this air pollution can provoke exacerbate inflammation system, it can produce a much threatening to the pre-existing asthmatic patients and chronic obstructive lung disease. I I found um, some of the studies of the population groups who are affected most sorely um, interesting as well. It's easy to understand why children and the elderly might be vulnerable to certain conditions. On the other hand, when you're breathing slightly less deeply, like in the case of the elderly, you're perhaps taking those particles less far into the respiratory syndrome system. So that's maybe a, a sort of slight counter-argument that I have seen put forward. But um, can you also explain to us why children and the elderly may be more vulnerable and, and what families should do when it's a bad pollution day? Um, because children's uh, system, uh, physiology system is a kind of... Uh, unstable, not stabilized, and uh, uh, proliferation is increasing and um, 
development is very highly active person. Uh, so those systems can be easily uh, attacked by air pollution. In the elderly people, uh, because of the senescence and uh, all the defense mechanism is much more decreased compared with the young adults. So those properties are the major reason for the vulnerability of those population to the air pollution. Yeah, as an aside, and this isn't drawing on your expertise, but I do wonder whether elderly people are more likely to be wandering around the streets without wearing a mask. Uh, I often see uh, elderly people in Seoul going about their business, perhaps having lived in Seoul for so long, or big cities in Korea for so long, they're they're more fatalistic about it. Of course, that's a generalisation. Many elderly people do also wear masks, but it's a trend I've noticed. What about... um, Another area of concern, a, a population group that gets uh, less attention, the unborn, the impact on pregnancy and, 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 and women who are carrying those babies. What should they do when the pollution's bad and why? Yeah, okay. Uh, the children who are born from the pregnant woman uh, exposed to bad air pollution uh, tends to have a higher incidence of hypertension during childhood. Uh, so the fetus in the pregnant woman uh, can receive, can take the air pollution through the maternal circulation system to the placenta, to the fetus. So those particulate matter can provoke the cardiovascular disease during the development of the fetus, as I already explained to you by three systems. Right. If I could just finish while we have time with precautionary advice that we could all take on board. I've actually had doctors tell me masks are not that effective, but I'm also aware that some masks are better than others. What would your advice be to all of us in terms of precautionary measures we can take? Because until the government and China and anyone else works on this problem definitively, we're still going to face bad air. What should we do about it? Yeah, actually, uh, the problem is a personal protection system and the strategy has much, much uh, limitation. Um, and the problem of the mask is uh, the, the efficiency is impaired much by the contact of the mask and the skin. So if there, because this particulate matter is very, very small, which is very tiny, two po- on below 2.5 micrometer. So if there is a, any gap between the skin and the mask, then the efficiency is much, much more impaired. So, um, and the, the another problem is uh, when the outside, outdoor air pollution is very bad, then inside of the house tends to be, tends to have high air pollution. So we definitely need air purifier to protect us from indoor air pollution. Uh, of course, we, we had better limiting outdoor activity, but we have to go outside. Then we need high-quality masks such as KF94. Uh, but efficiency of the mask is limited, as I explained to you. In, indeed. Um, well, anyone who's interested, you can look out for those numbers on the masks like KF94, the local rating, or N95. The most important thing is to make sure that it's 
able to block the tiny particles. If you see something like KF80, it won't necessarily do that. Uh, Dr. Tong, thank you so much for offering your expertise today. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a subject that I myself have researched extensively over the last few years uh, living in this country. Air purifiers at home are highly recommended as well. There's a huge body of literature on the impacts of air pollution that you yourself can research online. Do what you can to protect yourself and your families. We'll continue after BBC World News.